Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Making Leader Moves podcast, the show that brings you powerhouse Latinas together to discuss the challenges our comunidades are facing and the moves they took to prioritize joy in their careers. Spoiler, but also no surprise, they usually found joy within the comunidades they built themselves. Hola, my name is Giovanna Rosales, your host here at Making Leader Moves, and I am so excited to be here with you all. On today's show, we will be talking about vulnerability, mentorship, sponsorship, e-champions, con mi amiga querida, as well as our co-host for season one, Palet Piñero. She is the introverted badass CEO of Unstoppable Latina with ADHD, and she guides the Latina entrepreneurs to harness their strengths, amplify their voice, and live their purpose so they can become unstoppable CEOs themselves. She is a recovering perfectionist and business realignment coach. She uses an equity-focused approach in her business where she thrives to create a world where all underestimated folks can thrive and use their superpoderes to change the world. Her most recent collaboration was with author Ashley Ojeda and contributed to the book Jefas in Training, where she gives six tips to developing the leadership mindset. She also contributed to the book, Extraordinary Latinas, where she speaks upon breaking up with perfectionism. Paulette, again, we are so excited to have you here. Uh, so honored to have you here. Things have obviously changed, um, but we are so glad that you have joined us, um, that, you are, that you will be dropping your gems of wisdom um, from the other side as a guest. So... I know I talked a lot about you. I know I spilled the tea on a lot of what you do, but if you would like to tell us a little bit more in detail of what you do and what made you decide recently to make it public that you are an introvert with ADHD. Um, this is a very vulnerable part of your life that you have made very public. It's beyond courageous and vulnerable for sure. And just wanted to know um, what made you brave enough to start speaking about this part of your life in public. Yeah, I I spent a long time code switching. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I launched my business um, in early 2020, I wanted to make sure that I, I focus on like, I want to do more of what I love at work, right? I want to mm -hmm. spend most of my, like 80% of my time and my superpoderes versus only 20 or 30. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and, but that was my only focus, right? And my only focus was what do I have to do to spend most of my time on my superpoderes and versus like, how do I spend most of the time with, um, with being myself? And I, I felt that being myself and what I wanted to do um, was completely different. It felt like there were cupoles all the time. Mm. And, but also that's what I was seeing too, right? It was, it, and I want to right? But that was what everyone else was doing. That's how they were making it in business. I mean, I was one of those people for sure. And it brought me a lot of burnout. And I think it was worse because it, it, it's easier to comprehend when burnout comes from working in spaces that are not made or welcome you. But it's very different when you're creating, <laughs> you are creating that space. Mm -hmm. um, and I was hearing other jefas, other amigas with kind of like similar challenges and issues. And um, I was like, what if, like, why if I start talking about it? What if I start talking about, um, you know, what it is to redefine what everyone else is doing, what it is, like, if I can do it, mm -hmm. uh, other people can do it. Because whether you code switch or not, is not easy. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember I posted something on LinkedIn and like, I, I close the pose with like, it's okay to have, you have permission to be you. If no one has given you permission to be you in your business and it resonated with so many mujeres. Mm. 
And I realized that the times in my career and entrepreneurship that I was the most authentic, that I was myself, that I loved how I showed up, whether people liked it or not, um, didn't come naturally. It was because either someone else was doing it or someone else gave me permission to do it. And that's not the sexy way to do empowerment. <laughs> it's definitely not what we hear or see on social media. Yeah. Uh, but if there's one thing that I hate more than constant negativity is toxic positivity. <laughs> um, so I, I started doing that more and I realized that the more I share my story, mm -hmm. my journey, me being imperfect and that being the norm, uh, the more I build a community, the more I attracted the right people to work with me. Mm -hmm. um, or for me to work with them so it's it's not easy it's not easy I get a lot of pushback I get a lot um yo cerré for three weeks during the holidays and I got a lot of passive aggressive email responses from my away message really no kidding yeah, yeah I I got someone do you want to tell the folks like in summary what it was yeah so I, I had an away message, uh, like an out of office automatic reply. Que decía, like, I am take, uh, we're close for the holidays until um, January 9th mm -hmm. um, to not just celebrate the season with our families, but also because the way that we kind of like embrace our cultura, even though I don't live in Puerto Rico, is by also extending the celebration like they do in Puerto Rico for Three Kings Day. Just know that we will respond in, in three to four business days after we return. And I had a couple of emails that were like, oh, well, that's nice, but I have to work. Like, I'm not attacking you. This is like out of office. Um. I had another message that uh, they, knowing that that was there, receiving the email, they kept sending emails. And like, but I, but I need this. Like, I don't even work with this person. I've never met this person. They're not my client. Stop it. Stop it. Um, and when I responded after I returned, um, this man's response, <laughs> Latino, coño. Um, oh yeah, because I care about my clients, so I don't go on break. Oh, mm. good for you. <laughs> Whatever that means, right? Like I, it was. I mean, that also sounds like a personal problem that internally he doesn't even want to go there. Yeah. It's like that was triggering something in him and I am not responsible for that. But um, I was very surprised. I had um, someone who isn't my client, but I support through another organization that, um, you know, send like nonstop emails of but and one of them said like I know that you probably checked your emails while from your phone on break it was <laughs> very toxic um, I was gonna say I mean whether you do or you don't that's not that's no one's business you're out of office made it very clear I am mm -hmm. out until tres reyes magos um and obviously I have to catch up on everything since I've been MA for three weeks so I'm going to respond to you in three to four days yeah. I, I don't, you made it very clear. And for them to say that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it, it also shows that, like, being, you know, being yourself, being redefining CEO, like, being vulnerable, it's very triggering for some people. But I've had to learn that not being myself, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, it doesn't mean that they will treat me better. <laughs> right? That's true. Mm -hmm. So might as well be happy with myself. Oh, uh, love that. Because yeah, people are going to hate. Like you will always find someone who will hate. 
You will always find someone who will find flaws. You will always find someone who you are like, like there's something that I learned um, in my career as a people leader that always like my goal was always to be respected by creating spaces that empower folks to, to thrive. Mm -hmm. But I also learned that it is okay to be the villain in someone else's story. It is okay. Yeah. You will always be the villain in someone else's story. And as long as you're doing things like from a good place, from the heart, and when you mess up, you take ownership of them. It's okay. So I'm, I'm, I will always be the villain in someone's story. I would rather be the villain being myself than mm. trying to make other people happy. Ooh, yes, that's a great gem. And it's almost like, I mean, I know my therapist has told me this before too. Like, you will not be able to please everyone, and not everyone will want to be your friend, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting and to try to reframe that and try to live by that truth when I have been in customer service my whole life. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm always supposed to have a smile on my face. Like, that's <laughs> what I got hired to do for 12 years of my life. Um, even when people are being disrespectful or even when people are saying very inappropriate things. And so, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's, I think it's a great step. I think that's something that maybe we should all keep in mind is it's okay. It's okay to be the villain because as you had mentioned, it doesn't matter. Like you're not going to make everyone happy. You're not going to be able to please everyone. So why not please yourself? <laughs> like you're the For one who has to live with yourself at the end of the day. You're the one who has to live with yourself at the end of the day. And then you're the one who has to reflect on yourself at the end of the day. So Absolutely true. I, I totally agree with that. And you know what? I am also down to be a villain. Why not? Um, sometimes yeah. it's more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, also, sometimes their style is on point. Um, yeah. Have we seen Catwoman? Have we seen Cruella DeVille? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you are the rogue leader of Unstoppable Latinas, literally. Uh, what made you decide to rebrand um, and how did you get to that calling? Was it because of your community's needs and wants? Was it something that you needed for yourself? Was it a two-way street to change from lead media to Unstoppable Latina? Um, when I launched my business, it, I launched my business with like the market research that I have done to open a consulting firm. Mm -hmm. That was my vision. That was my goal. Um, and, and like, let's be honest, a consulting firm to teach companies how to manage remote workers mm -hmm. <laughs> at the beginning of a pandemic, like, I was like, oh, like, this makes so much sense. Right. Uh, because that's what I have been doing for almost, what, like nine years, um, having remote teams and having teams in other states and how to build culture virtually and how to build strong teams and how to manage like all those things I had been doing for a long time while people were switching into remote spaces and then very fast be able, they, they did it for COVID. So mm -hmm. I was like, Como anillo dedo, right? Like I had, I had this vision to um, train and support and grow and empower um, women of color leaders, but to do it remotely and what better way to do it. Um, and the more I started talking and the more I started supporting these jefas, um, the more I realized that I enjoyed doing a lot of the one-on-one mm -hmm. support or a lot of like very intentional support versus going through a company and creating something for them. And I, and I still do, I still do consulting. There was a need for, especially Latinas, to have these conversations where companies were not giving them any support whatsoever. The companies didn't know what they were doing. Businesses didn't know what they were doing. But so you had years of lack of support 
and mentorship and training mm -hmm. for women of color, for Latinas. And then you add this huge roadblock. Mm. But double the expectation. So I, I started doing a lot of, of speaking and workshops and coaching. And as Latinas started quitting their jobs and launching their businesses, I've I've had businesses in the past in Puerto Rico. I, I work with um, small business administration funded programming. Um, uh -huh. And throughout my whole career, I always did business development and social impact. So then I started doing a lot of coaching and support for entrepreneurs or for women, Latinas who were still at work, but had their businesses. And the, the name and the brand and the website and everything that I have created when I launched my business didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, could I still do it? Yes. But would I enjoy it? No. <laughs> mm -hmm. Major difference there. Major yeah. difference. And um, you have actually taught me that just because you're excellent at something doesn't necessarily mean it brings you joy. No. And that's always the root of our, the, the root yeah. of what we're trying to get to. Yeah. And selling to individuals, like talking like the business thing, right? Selling to individuals and selling to individuals at companies is very different. Like the business to business or business to consumer. Um, you know, if, if a one-on-one person, we don't buy, it's fine. I send them somewhere else. But with that compañía make you go through like so many <laughs> Like, I know the money is in consulting with companies. They pay my bills. But, like, you have to talk to 100 people. Mm -hmm. proposal, it can be and the invoicing and all of that. And I was, um, I was like, I, I'm not enjoying this. So I, I still do consulting. Um, but by referral only. I don't even promote it or talk about it. Um, and when I realized that I needed to rebrand, I went back and I looked at notes for coaching like over 50 Latinas and, and women of color. And the one constant, the one word that I found was like, I want to feel unstoppable. I want to be unstoppable. And yo no me di cuenta that like it was coming up and all like all my, all my, like all the time, all the time. Um, so I, I said, um, okay, this is it. Like, this is it. It's, it's the company of Unstoppable Latina. Not only does it represent me, but it also represents my clients and, and the, the jefas in my network in my amigas, uh, to, it just made sense. And it was so easy. And the moment I said it the first time I was doing a pitch uh i was doing a pitch for entrepreneurs where i live the mayor was there there was like economic development people from massachusetts and i did a pitch and i said and everyone loved it it really resonated they really understood the what what i was doing and the, and the work and just felt good <laughs> Yeah. Like, official. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark it now before anyone. <laughs> that's, that's coming up this year. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely like LLC that on your way back home. You're like, nope, have that can drive. I got to do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I changed, I changed the name. I submitted all the state paperwork that same day. Of course. Dibs. When something hits that hard and when something is that impactful and you feel it in your heart, but you see it in everyone else's soul as well. And you, you see it, like mm -hmm. you see the glow, you see the hope and you see the humanity in people's eyes. You're like, that's a wrap. That's what it is. Um, so yes, I am so, so happy. And I'm so excited to see that shit trademarked. So woohoo, 2023, let's do it. Um, so speaking on that topic, um, you speak a lot on mentorship, sponsorship, and championship. What is the difference between a mentor, a sponsor, and a champion? And 
what is it exactly that differentiates all three of them? So there is kind of like a misconception of the, the mentorship and championship. Mm -hmm. um, mentorship and sponsorship is kind of like the same thing that can be used. I would say a champion goes above and beyond, but let me start with okay. what is mentorship. So a mentor is someone who is an expert in, in it, the industry, the industry that you want to work with, right? Or um, something that you need, right? They're an expert in a topic or an industry, and they have years of experience, and they give you advice based on their experience. That's it. They give you advice. You can come up with an issue or challenge or a problem that you have, or you want tips or advice. That's what they do. They, and, and it doesn't have to be doing the same thing as you. Mm -hmm. um, let's say you have a business and one of the areas that you struggle a lot with um, is the legal piece or bookkeeping and accounting. Um, Not the sexy your, stuff. <laughs> um, think about your mentors as your advisory board. Mm. People that you can go and say, this is, you know, I'm going to hire a bookkeeper. And they're like, oh, well, you should consider this and this and that, right? Like, because they're a former accountant or bookkeeping or have their company. Um, so it can be a, a skill that you don't have or need support with, or it can be a mentor who does the same thing as you, that, but has years of experience. Mm -hmm. um, so it can go, you know, it can go either way. Um, if you're in your career and you want to switch to another industry or field or job, it can be someone that already works there or did a big career pivot. So that is a mentor, someone that gives you tips and advice based on their experience. Then a sponsor or a champion, it's someone that not just has the experience, but more importantly, has the the network and the influence. Sponsors or champions are about influence. I always call them like your business card and compadas. Ooh, I love that. It's it's like my husband, right? No importa where he is, if he hears something that will connect with what I do, he'll start talking about me. Like these are the people that talk about you, what you do, and who you do it with um when you're not in the room oh okay so they are connected they have power and influence but they have to know what you're looking for to make those connections mm -hmm. they might give you tips they mm -hmm. might talk about your expertise but they are movers and shakers of your network and the, the more they know about what you want to achieve, mm -hmm. the more they'll talk about it. And the sort that this connection is, I see so many hefas being like, oh, I have a mentor, but they don't reach out or they can't meet every month, but they're so excited to support me. They're not your mentor. They're your champion. Mm. And you have to let them know what you're working on. So I always, I, I try to have like a email for my champions, for my sponsors that I send them every quarter. Like this is what I'm working on. <laughs> this is like, this is what I want to achieve. These are some of the roadblocks I face. These are the people and networks and opportunities that I'm looking for. They'll go and get them. They're excited to support you. And I do the same with them. But like they're excited to support you and amplify you and connect you with the right people. But they need to know what you're looking for. I, um, I have more of a little internal question with that. Because sometimes I struggle with this. How, how do you not... Like sometimes I have a hard time uh connecting with my champions or my sponsors and it's because it's like 
oh, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to waste their time. Again, right? Like thinking small, like I, I don't want to be of a disservice. Um, how do you get over that? How do you get over of like, it's all good. Like just send the email, hit send and be on your way. But who told you, right? Like if they straight up tell you, like, I can do it, I understand. But who's telling you, right? Like who is really telling you that they don't have the capacity or that they are not interested? Right. It's all in the head, clearly. Mm -hmm. It's all in my yeah. head. So ask them, right? Like if you're making those assumptions and that is like paralyzing you to go forward, just ask them, just say, hi, I am making a switch or I started season two of the podcast um, and I would love to ask you for some connections, but I still, I want to know if you still have capacity like you had in the past. Mm -hmm. Don't send them any information. Don't make any requests. Let them know, you know, give them like a brief of what it's going to be about. Um, I, the, the, I think the other misconception is that your mentors and your champions will be with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, uh, assess if it makes sense for the year and let them know. You don't assume that because someone is invested in your growth um, and in supporting you that they want to do it for the rest of their lives too. So talk to them. Um, one, of, one of the things that I share with, with my one-on-one clients is that like some templates of reaching out. Once you build your success team, like reach out, um, here's what you should be asking them. Like, here's how you should be telling them. Mm -hmm. uh, and say for a year, like, don't commit for more than that. Yeah. Um, and come up with a schedule that works for you. I always recommend, like, with your mentors, meet every month, every month and a half. With your champions, maybe once or twice a year, but send them, like, follow-up emails. Mm -hmm. um, send them a funny meme, right? Like, keep them in your... <laughs> Keep them in your, in your circle. Keep them in your network. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like it's, let them know. And after a year, put an alarm on your calendar and follow up with them. Say, hey, here are the things that you've supported me and I have accomplished. And I am so thankful for what, you know, all the gifts that you've shared with me this past year. And if you feel like it makes sense to continue having them as part of your success team, say, like, would you be able to do this for another year? Mm -hmm. If you feel that um, they're no longer fit or you want to do something else or you want someone different for your support team, mm -hmm. just say them and act, just be honest and ask them, like, how can I support you now? Or how can I amplify your work? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, follow up with them and stay in touch, but make it formal and let them know that that's what they're there for. Mm -hmm. um, I started mentoring a young um, Latina. She's 18 years old and she made it very formal. <laughs> yeah, she made it very formal. She wanted me to commit um, to the same date <laughs> once a month. Um, she asked me for book recommendations and she was, you know, she comes prepare for mentoring sessions with questions. Oh, she's not playing. Like she's, re she's been elevated. Mm -hmm. she Maybe I will ask her for a mentorship. <laughs> um, but she did, but because she did her homework, she really mm -hmm. like, she started the conversation with like, can I make sure that I understand what a mentor is? And I said, yes. And she said, can I explain? I read about it. Can I explain to you what it is to see if that's what you understand a mentorship is? Mm. So like we came up with agreements together and a schedule. And how of all the things that she's looking to achieve, what is the one or two things that um, I can support her with? I love that idea too because maybe maybe that's um that that's a plate that that I kind of get get lost on it's like oh my mentor can help me with A through Z and it's like no pick two pick two <laughs> and then figure out where else another mentor or a sponsor can help you out so that's a great that's a great takeaway 
Yeah, I am mentoring another um, woman. She's an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur here in my town through a women's mentoring group. Um, and that was the same. Like, she came, she was ready. She came with, like, a list of 10 things. And she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's doing so many things. I'm like, girl, you should be teaching me how to have all these businesses running at the same time. Um but we came like we we had a meeting and we talked about like what is it that I can really help you do when we meet once a month mm-hmm. um and I gave her some exercises to set some goals and then I am supporting with like 50% of one goal oh okay okay um, and but one of the things that I am supporting her is making sure that she has an ecosystem of like a success team to be able to help her with her three goals. That's and beautiful. Just, and I'm just a small piece of, of that goal, but um, you know, from having no mentors to having one and now being able to meet other people and connect with them and make it very intentional. Um, she, you know, she's like in a month from when we met in December to now, she's been able to do so much. I love that. Yeah. But see, not every mentor will do that. Not every mentor will help and be like, okay, I can help you with one task for 50%, but here's the rest of my network and feel free. And I think I can suggest certain people to certain goals. Um, Not a lot of them do that. So again, kudos to you for just being a badass and giving out and extending your hand. Um, so we talk, right, so obviously there's a difference between mentorship, sponsorship, slash champions. Um, where were you able to find yours? Did you find yours within the comunidad that you built? Um, and that, or, you know, were some of them professional people that you found? Or were some of them just like regular ass people <laughs> that you found that like don't have the same goals or just have different interests in life? Um, how have you been able to find your mentors and sponsors? For me, it has been always aspirational. Like I look at, at folks that inspire me, mm. um, and especially folks that are doing things differently, um, because that um, that is something that I'm trying to do, not just because I want to be different and that's my unique value proposition, um, I am anti-unique value propositions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's because I, you know, I've built my business around not just myself, but what my family needs, my mental health needs, my physical health needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not common. And that is not what you're told. And, you know, it's all about profit and even from a feminist approach is about values but mm-hmm. it's all very external it's like what can i give my clients what rather than focusing on like what is my capacity or how i want to do it or why do i want to do it um and so i always look for mentors and sponsors that are doing something different that are disruptors in their industry, in their community. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, when I talk about the struggles or when I talk about like, I feel horrible that like, I'm getting all those emails while I'm on break and people are so offended. Mm-hmm. If I tell this to a mentor that is just, that is successful, but is just about like, keep moving forward. <laughs> Um, they're like, ignora eso, it's fine, whatever. But someone who is constantly um, feeling like they don't belong mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship and leadership spaces, mm-hmm. they understand why it hits. It's, it doesn't hit because it has power over it. It's because of the compounding, like Mm -hmm. pushback that that you receive. So I can still give me some great advice, some great tips, some great ways to like move forward. They really understand 
kind of like the systemic pieces of it. Um, so I have, you know, some great mentors that um, do something similar or do something completely different. And especially that they push back. Um, mm -hmm. I want my mentors to push back. I want my mentors to tell me like, that's BS, get to us. I like, that's so stupid. <laughs> um, and I appreciate that because I know it comes from knowledge and experience, but um, especially two of my mentors, they have been in the industry for like over 20 years. I'm so lucky that I can count on them. Um, and then my champions, I've been very open of like, it looks like you're in the right spaces. And if you believe in me, um, you know, would you make this connection? Would you open these doors for me? And I'm introverted and it's going to take me a while, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we like to talk about hiccups here. I don't want to necessarily call them failures. Um, a little bump on the road, maybe a huge bump on the road. It takes off your tire completely. Um, and, and we like to bring it up because we're all human and we're normalizing that here um, and our imperfections. Can you tell us about a time that you did have a bump on the road, um, but however, it didn't stop you from getting to your ultimate goal and how you still kept focused on that goal? Oh my God, I have them like <laughs> at least once a week. Um, I think for me, just saying that alone, I think is very like that alone is empowering because not everyone wants to say that, you know, I could say I have hiccups like on the daily, <laughs> but then that's, that's an episode for another day. So yes. just by you saying that out loud, um, let's commend that. Yeah. Oh, personal every day, at least once and once every hour in business, um, <laughs> once a week. Um, yeah, I think for me, like, God, like taking on clients that I shouldn't have because of the money, um, taking on projects that I'm passionate about just because I feel like I have to, <laughs> um, oh my God, so many things. Um, I think most, mostly have been by lying to myself <laughs> mm. that either mm. I want to do it or I have to do it. Um, and it, but then, it, you know, how long it, can I, can I keep that going? Um, that because as soon as you say yes, that. you're like, fuck. Um, or as soon yeah, as you yeah, sign the contract, it. you're like, I knew better. I knew better, and yet here I go having a six-month or eight-month contract. Yeah, like yeah. not following, not following my gut when there might not be any red flags, but my gut is telling me like, no, 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 and doing it. Like those are my mistakes. My biggest mistakes are, um, I always like I am not, I'm not against the people that are, but I'm not a manifestation babe. I am not a just mindset person. I, I have a lot of difficulty with abstract concepts. I don't get poetry. Mi esposo escribe poesia and he was writing me poetry when he started going out. And I was just like, this is so beautiful. Yo no sé si me está mandando el carajo. Like maybe he told me I have a chilla. I don't know. I don't get it. I do not get abstract concepts. I have such difficulty getting abstract concepts. Um, and it's a part of my ADHD. I, I always felt guilty about it. And then I realized that it's part of my ADHD, but I, I, it's very difficult to grasp. So I, I just the emotional mindset piece of things by itself, I cannot get it. Mm. I need strategy and the mindset um that's how i approach my work that's how i approach my coaching that's why i how i approach my consulting too right like we yes we have to like dig deeper into what we think the robots that we create for ourselves and all of that but like what's the plan and here's the research and i, I need them both to coexist for me to be able to move forward mm -hmm. so when it's only when it, there are no red flags like verbal, 
Mm-hmm. But, but there are a lot, but my gut is telling me I have very, a big difficulty um, processing that because, como que no, but like, where is it? Or like, I did my due diligence, I did the research, I did all this. Like, let me just, it's the gluten or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I need to like lean into my intuition um, a bit more. I heard um, uh, Oprah talking the other day um, and I think it was like a recording of a couple of years back. And she said, mm-hmm. if you feel it in your gut, it's your intuition. If you feel it in your heart is fear. Mm. Follow your intuition, and when you're when you have fear, keep moving forward. So I'm trying. I don't know, Oprah. We'll see. But I um I had Angelie on one of the episodes during season two, so feel free to listen. Um, everyone who's listening to this one, and we actually talked about intuition, and I told her, and maybe this might pop up an idea for you. Um, it might resonate with you. I had told her when I was, when I had just gotten out of corporate, um, when my job became obsolete due to, we all know what happened in 2020, 2020, um, people would always be like, oh, but go with your gut or like go with your instinct. Um, And so people would say that like when the pandemic happened and then like even during my career and I'd get pissed because I'd be like, what the does that even mean? Um, because I always kept it going. There was always the schedule that I had to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was always some Google notifications that was going off. And so when people would say gutter intuition, I'm like, I don't have time for this foo-foo shit. Like, I don't, I don't because I have places to get to. I have contracts to sign. I have vice president's hands to shake. And so when I started doing the work and trying to get back to that like very normal human the basic human stuff yeah. right like follow your heart trust your instinct listen to your gut um i would cry of frustration and i would cry of frustration because i didn't realize that i let capitalism society all that almost bring that to an obsolete for me. Mm-hmm. So it took me at least, at least I want to say between six, six months to a year to even get that feeling back. Um, and then I was like, Ooh, Ooh, what's this? What is mm-hmm. like, what is like, what is this feel there? You can't, and you can't describe it. You just know. And so now obviously daily you have to practice that. And I like compared to where I was a year ago or even in the beginning of 2020, I'm like, I got this shit on lock um, compared to then. But obviously, like I said, it's a daily practice. But that might have happened to you as well. You know, you suppress normal human being behavior because it's not accepted and it can't be acknowledged in corporate America. I think for me, it's also like that piece. And that's something that I talk through therapy a lot and, and that I try to share as much as possible on social media people always feel like I share a lot I don't I don't share like like, I think I share like five percent of my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but because it's so like different from like people opening up about mental health and vulnerability um people are like oh you share a lot (laughs) do I um (laughs) But one of the things that was very difficult, that has been very difficult for me, and and it really resonates with what you were saying, is that feeling big emotions for me was always depression and anxiety. They were tied to my mental health struggles. Mm. I've been in therapy, um, you know, my whole adult life. But I struggle with my mental health my whole adult life because of misdiagnosis, because of the wrong medications, because of trauma um, and ongoing trauma and, and healing work. So big emotions always, you know, I would lose someone in my family and I will feel all these big emotions. And I was like, I am, it's my depression. Mm-hmm. I would have panic attacks. It's my anxiety. 
It's my depression, my anxiety, my OCD, being bipolar too. Like it just like, that was it. And working with my therapist, like one day she was like, Paula, like this is how people feel. And I'm always like, <laughs> I play the game. Like, is it normal feelings now? Or is it depression? Like I had, um, I had um, a family member pass last week. Mm -hmm. And it was, a, I think the first time and I'm, I'm turning 36 and like, like what, a month? <laughs> um, it was the first time that I had such a big, like, emotional news and I cried and I was sad and I didn't feel like you're depressed, you're this. Like, when I couldn't wake up the next day, it was like, of course, you lost your aunt. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. um, yesterday, I had a very rough day and, um, my grandfather um, has stage four cancer and um, now he needs like open heart surgery. And after that, no, it, was a it was a wreck. And I was, I was like, like, yeah, this is how people feel. <laughs> like these are normal emotions for such a long time. I felt guilty because I felt like dysregulated. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> medication there was so much I was, I was with the wrong therapist mm -hmm. I, was, I was with the wrong support system so when I I felt like this and I couldn't wake up by the third day it was like do I need impatient <laughs> right like, yeah there was no um there was no in between um and to start like as a grown-ass adult with a 15 year old son, like being able to learn now that like, it's okay to feel emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's normal. Like you're saying like, that's human, right? Like going back to that. Um, I think that is also why, um, you know, I, I really, I really struggle with like that, just the mindset or just intuition. And, mm -hmm. and I've made so many mistakes because I didn't follow my intuition. Because mm -hmm. big feelings always equated to mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Now, like, oh, like I'm making assumptions, like this is your anxiety thinking and you're thinking about the worst case scenario. I'm not saying that that is not part of it, um, but it's not all of it. So and that right there is growth. Mm -hmm. That right there is growth because it is, it is true. Um, and again, that just goes back to the programming of like, I, it's funny because I was literally reading this on like, I mean, that I had seen on Instagram and it was like, um, our, our director of marketing passed. It has been two days. HR is cleaning up their office and are already interviewing to get the position filled. And it, and it's just like, yeah, we've all been, in that area or we've either seen it witnessed it or have been part of that and at the end it was just like take that pto because you are very replaceable at a job but you are irreplaceable in your family mm -hmm. and so again it goes back to like that's not on you to not being able to like have these emotions because everyone is telling you like but you got to keep the wheel running right you got to keep that hamster wheel spinning you can't get off so Mourn it on your own time, mourn it during your break time or your cigarette time, um, or you want to take off two days, that's great, but like keep it rolling. And so being able to sit with it and being like, this is normal. I'm allowed to feel overwhelmed. I'm allowed to feel the shittiest in the world because I've lost someone that was pivotal in my life. Um, and I don't, and I don't want to get it together. Yeah, I, that's it's it's fine and that's like that that for it not to be nor for us to not think that's normal is fucking crazy i think now yeah. um but again i'm i'm glad that you're getting to that point in your life where you can see like i'm not i'm 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 not psychotic i'm not mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. i am normal and this isn't depression this is this is mourning this is grief and this will be part of my life every day. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be what, two or three years in May that I'm that I've lost my grandmother. And there's still um, I had gone to the world market 
I think it was like three weeks ago, and she used to eat these caramelos called Violeta. They're like mm -hmm. the ugliest mints in the world. <laughs> um, and I saw them, and I was at the store with my mom, and we both looked at each other, and we started crying, like crying hysterically. And it was like, mm -hmm. you know, you, th you think you're Gucci, or you think you got it under control, and here comes your human ass being like, joke's on you. Like, <laughs> yes. You're triggering. And so even though we started bawling because that's grief, it also was very beautiful because we were able to talk about different times that we found Violetas in different purses that she had um, because she had oh, a purse for the club, right? Because my grandma used to go to the club. Then she had one when she used to come pick us up. And then she had one for weddings, like all of this. Um, and so it's just, and, and I remember reading this somewhere and so I, I want to share this with you because I think, I think this is what helped me too a lot is that, emotions are passing they are not stagnant but you never know how long that passing or that wave will be mm -hmm. yeah and so that um i guess that's just my my little tidbit for the day <laughs> I love um it. okay so i think we talked about where you find your communities to support you but is there any other um like venue do you usually find your community virtually? Do you find it personally, um, aka in person, or do you find them in both? I, I find them in both. Um, I, I feel it's easier for me when it's virtual mm -hmm. um, because like having just people in, in my, in my immediate space takes a lot from me. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to prepare. I have to like, like hug myself up. <laughs> um, and I feel drained after, and it can be the most beautiful, amazing experience, and it still takes a, a big toll on me. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think this last year has been very eye opening for me, um, uh, because I went from like coping with bipolar 2 mm -hmm. to learning that I was misdiagnosed since mm -hmm. I was 19, and it's been ADHD. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm 35 turning 36. So, you know, it was 16 years trying to find the right medication and treatment and support for bipolar 2. Well, I tried 28 medications for bipolar 2. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that even ended up in the hospital because mm -hmm. I was misdiagnosed. Mm -hmm. So a year ago when I was diagnosed with my, my psychiatrist, my new psychiatrist said that I, she was a woman of color and she's like, I think that you've been misdiagnosed and she did assessment. She's like, I'm not surprised. Have all your therapists been white? And I said, yes. <laughs> um, she's like, you're not the first woman of color that has come here misdiagnosed. Mm. And it's really ADHD. Um, to I don't even want to know that percentage of people who've been misdiagnosed that are POC. And um, she said specifically women of color because mm. how in ADHD manifests itself in women and men can be look very different. Mm. Um, so like from I went from coping to being able to clearly find tools and resources that work for me, mm -hmm. and still figuring out some of them. Um, and like I felt I felt like. like I'm introverted, but my mental health makes me feel like it's just so difficult <laughs> to um, to meet people in person. Now I know it's ADHD too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's an INFJ. <laughs> it's also my ADHD. So like now I can go online and find tools and talk to my therapist and and like be able to like make it work. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so liberating to have, to know exactly what support you need and be able to implement it. So I look for my, I've always looked for my networks online because I, I feel like there's like two steps, <laughs> like two layers of like separation always. Mm -hmm. uh, but lately um, I've been feeling more comfortable with doing that in person. So I haven't mm -hmm. been a very beautiful community of entrepreneurs like in my city and we have a group chat and 
we're going to lunch like next Tuesday. <laughs> oh, when are we going? I mean, I have flight miles. So <laughs> we're going to lunch next Tuesday. We all did an accelerator together. We like talk in group chat. You know, um, you know one of them and Andrea. Mm. Um, and you know, they've come to my house, I've gone to their house, like we go to each other's businesses, we support each other. Um, and but I've been able to build communities in person because I have the right support and tools to be able to manage it. So I have like my hifas, which you're one of them, like my amigas that live all around the world, <laughs> the world literally. Um, and then I have. I've been able to build a lot of great like in-person networks because before it was just my coworkers. Like mm -hmm. let's go out to drink every Friday um, or every Thursday night. Um, so, but I don't have that world anymore. Um, so I, I've, I've been able to build community in both and it's been very great. But also I, I realized mm -hmm. how much it's changed my kids' lives. Mm. like now they feel more comfortable built my kids were inside an apartment for two years right and then when they went back to school like I remember my daughter saying like I don't know how to have friends oh I thought about people Sophia really yeah <laughs> I I forgot how to have friends so as I've been working, as I see some friends come in and like, where are you going? Oh, I'm having drinks with Andrea. I'm having, you know, I'm going out with Fiona. I'm like doing these things. She's been getting more comfortable. And my son, Alex, like has been getting more comfortable, like building relationships outside of the building, the school building. Right. Um, because now it's normalized and it was a big surprise for me. Mm -hmm. um, as like the more comfortable I feel, the the easier it is for them to like I'm modeling that behavior that was very easy for them, and they truly lost a lot of those skill sets during the pandemic. I think it's a beautiful thing to see, though, that they are taking your experience and they're also like you're all three of you are going through this journey together um so at the end of the day you all three have the support to support one another mm -hmm. and I, and i know that y'all three do that because i've gone to visit you at your house and i've seen it so um it's beautiful to hear that you know even though all of you had some type of anxiety with this all three of you that you are all doing it independently, but mm -hmm. also doing it collectively. So like showing up for one another, being brave for one another, having the support. And then I'm pretty sure when you come home or Sofia or Alex, it's just like, ¿Cómo te fue? Dime de todo, right? Uh, or even if you're like, I need 15 minutes. They're like, okay, we got it. Like we understand. So that's just, it's, it's beautiful to hear. Um, and I can only imagine what it's like to see because mm -hmm. I've been there and and FOMO for not being there. <laughs> yeah, like um, Alex the other day was like, I'm going to text my friend to see if he wants to go to the movie. Can I practice with you? <laughs> I like it. I got you. And then I was like, but my friend is coming um, on Monday. Like, I need your help. He's like, bring in their kids. I got you, mommy. Like, it's okay. I can wait to play online. Like, in it's, it's, it's like very different levels, but it's very, it's been very refreshing to open up with my kids about my, like being, I, being vulnerable with my kids is scarier than being vulnerable with anyone else. Of course. Um, but being vulnerable with my kids um, has helped them be more vulnerable with, with me and like have realistic expectations of how I can show up. Um, for them, like being able to, like before, if I said, like, I need 30 minutes, I just came in the door, you know, Sophia would be like, you don't love me. You know, yeah. Is. yeah. Um, Alex would be like, whoa, you're rude. 
to now they're like, oh no, mommy, we got you. Like, it's fine. Let us know when you're ready. Because they really understand where it's coming from. And I, it, it's been very eye-opening. I'm Maybe, you know, I know this might not work for every family, but it has worked. It has definitely worked for mine. And that's what matters because it's your family and you, you are all of you together are constructing what works for you and what brings your family unit joy um, and how all you move forward. So it's just it's beautiful to see and beautiful to hear. Um, Paulette, you come with so much knowledge and so many, so much wisdom. Are there any books that you can recommend to our leaders um, here that are listening? Yes, I do. I'm going to open my, my audible. Um, <laughs> I have a lot right now that I've read or I am going to read. Um, so one of the things that was my goal for this year was to focus more on implementation because I love learning. Mm -hmm. I am a learning whore. <laughs> <laughs> I love learning. Um, it's the implementation of what I have learned within myself that it's not that I struggle with, but that's the scary part. Mm -hmm. Since I let me learn more. It's just another, it's a coping mechanism <laughs> mm -hmm. um, sometimes. But one of the things that I am doing this year is, you know, focusing on my personal growth mm -hmm. um, and that piece of like the mindset or the non-tangible things like going back to reading for enjoyment, um, mm -hmm. go, not for growth, like going back to like just, just chill time, not just like the business podcast or the growth podcast or the learning podcast, just like going back and listening to episodes that I missed from the read. Um, I was going to say like a real housewives podcast. maybe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, Oh yeah. I have a couple of those, um, but a couple of books that I recommend. Um, I didn't do the thing today. The how to get like go of productivity guild. I'm loving that. Um, I highly recommend On Colonized Latinas by our amiga Valeria Loe. Uh, for entrepreneurs, I think every entre Latin entrepreneur needs to um, read the anti-racist business book by Trudy Lebron. Trudy mm -hmm. Lebron. I live like 30 minutes from Hartford. We need to be friends. Uh, <laughs> I always recommend It's About Damn Time by Arlen Hamilton. Oof, isn't that you a know. great book? I have it right over here. Yes, you know, we love some Arlen. Um, and what else? What else? Um, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Like everyone should read that book. And a couple of the books that I'm reading this year that I already um, purchased is Professional Troublemaker. Which one? Uh, Finance for the People. I Am Diosa. Ooh, I've actually been meaning that's on my list. Mm -hmm. And you sound like a white girl by Julissa Arce. Ooh, yeah, that's a good that's a good list of recommendations. I'm here for it. Yes. So <laughs> I, you know, I gave you all recommendations for leadership and business, and I gave you recommendations for just personal growth and like enjoying and chill <laughs> <laughs> we love it and we're here for all of it thank you so much for your time paulette um and sharing your expertise and resources con the making leader moves community we really do appreciate all you do for latinas and their general entrepreneurial well-being um how can i leave us follow up with you and keep up contigo linkedin i love linkedin so you can find me on LinkedIn at uh, Paulette Pinero. There's no ñ in URL, so Paulette Pinero. Or you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at unstoppable underscore Latina. Ah, yes. Well, Paulette, mi amiga querida, thank you so much for sharing tu tiempo y tu knowledge. It's been nine months. I have been counting. Um, since I have seen you in person. And oh my God. I know. So long. Yes. This is what I'm telling. Something. 
<laughs> I'm that friend that's like, it's about that time. Um, so it's been nine months. Um, and so we need to change that ASAP. Um, obviously, I miss you. I miss La Familia, including little Boris. And that's a lot to say because you know how I feel about animals in general. <laughs> um, after this podcast, we'll have a whole separate call and arrange the <laughs> physical meetup. <laughs> yes. um, for all of those of you who have joined, thank you so much for listening. I hope you were able to see receive some gems of knowledge that were dropped on today's episode. Don't forget to leave a, a review, cinco estrellitas, por favor. Um, and join the online community, Making Me Their Moves, on Facebook as well as Instagram. If you do have any questions, please feel free to contact me at makingleadermoves at gmail.com. Gracias once again, and I will catch you on the next episodio. Abrazos, besos, y cariño, familia. Ciao! Bye.